You're listening to OnRamp, and I'm your host, Carrie Fisher. And I'm your host, Shane Blackshear. Two Christians talking about race. Because everyone needs a jumping on point. This is OnRamp. This is OnRamp. Welcome back. This week, we're talking about privilege. This, it seems to me like in the last five, 10 years, this word has really entered the mainstream. Yeah, and become pretty divisive, I think, on some fronts. Very, very divisive, yeah. What, what do you think of? What are examples you think of when you think of this notion of privilege? You know, specifically, we, we are going to be talking about white privilege, obviously, right? Great. So although there are plenty of other forms of privilege. Yes. You know, I think one, not too long ago, I was telling you that I had recently realized that when we were growing up, everybody knew the term underprivileged, right? Yeah. We usually, we would use that to refer usually generally to people who were in poverty mostly, yeah, right? I think and so. so like, so maybe that's a good starting point because we can kind of all understand that the idea of someone being underprivileged. And so that idea, you, if you're in poverty, you have access to less resources, yeah. experiences, all kinds of things. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, this idea of white privilege, let's, I guess we can just talk about some examples. You know, I've talked to my friends here, people of color who are men who, and I, this probably, I think this is for women of color as well, but, you know, just the idea of going into a department store or some kind of store and having a security person follow you around. Yeah. Most of my friends of color can tell me at least one or two experiences like that. Um, it's never happened to me. You don't have any experience of that that you're aware of? Never, yeah. never. Can't can't think of one. So, so that is just according to the way words work. <laughs> that's a privilege of mine, right? Yeah. That I get to do that. I get to go into a store. And the other thing is like, I get to dress however I want to in the store. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about this uh, in a different episode, but I can, as a white man, I'm able to dress any way I want to dress, right? I can, I can do the homeless chic thing. I can be in sweats, um, or I can dress up, I can do any of those things, and then I can do anything while I'm dressed in any of those things. You yeah. know, I don't need to get dressed up before I go to a department store or to to any kind of store or place, right? Yeah. So that's a privilege that most people of color have not experienced. Yeah, right? and so that's an unearned advantage that you have. It doesn't mean that you killed anyone to get that advantage, but it just so happens by virtue of the color of your skin that that's such a good point that you bring up because I think so many people think that privilege is synonymous with racist, right? Yeah. I, I think that's a I real that misconception right. out there is that it's something you are doing as a white person that that is racist. And the reality is, is that you can hypothetically, you cannot have, you can have no racist bones in your body, but you still have the privilege. benefits that's of right. privilege. Yeah. And so just as... I haven't earned any of the oppression that I experience. Uh, You haven't earned the privilege, but it's also not my fault that I have any of the, you know, it's not an earning or a fault, just like it's not your fault that you have privilege. And for the most part, you can't even choose not to accept it. There are some ways in which you can sort of take a stand, but 
there it's so much a part of a, a white life mm-hmm. that y- you couldn't possibly resist all the perks that that you might get even if you tried yeah that's right there are things that i can't make happen to me and there are things i can't make not happen that's right right so you know to a certain extent i can stand with solidarity with Mm -hmm. people of color but i can't go into an apartment store and be like hey security guard can you follow me around pressure me a little bit right right can you give me me the uncomfortable yeah exactly (laughs) exactly again there's that huge misconception that privilege is to be racist and it's not it's completely two different things um you we've talked before about there have been studies that have been done and conducted you know i guess we call them experiments um i can think of specifically in uh i think in the first freakonomics book uh-huh. do you know what i'm about to say uh-uh, i don't um i think it was in the first freakonomics book we'll put links to all this out there of course but they did an experiment, and I, th- I think what they did was they put they got together a resume, and on it was the exact same resume. Oh yeah, you know, same school, same job history, that kind of thing. But on half of them they put what sounded like a white name. On the other one they put what sounded like a stereotypical black name. Yeah. And the one with the white name got many more callbacks than or follow ups than the one with the black name. Yeah. Again, these people don't even exist and they have privilege. That's right. That's right. And we see that replicated in places like on rental applications. That's right. You know, it's across some different dimensions besides just in trying to get a job. Um, and, and, and certainly it's across different levels of job opportunities where we, mm, we mm. see that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's a really good point that even sort of imaginary people can have privilege based on their imaginary connections to the white or the black community. You know, another place that I think it's played out a lot is in interactions with law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And this may be a good opportunity to talk about the ways in which privilege can blind us white folks, me. Yeah, I think that's a great place to go with this. Again, uh, most of my friends of color, especially uh, the men have some experience with a very, very uncomfortable run-in with law enforcement. Yeah. You know, where it was, maybe it was like a routine traffic stop, but the cop comes to the door with uh, a gun drawn or something like that. Yeah. A lot of experiences like that or just held by the police for a really, you know, inappropriately long time for no apparent reason. For me as a white person... I can think of so many interactions with police where I had done something wrong, where I was speeding or, yeah. you know, maybe I, I just didn't quite make that red light before it came, you know, where at worst the interaction was businesslike. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it was just a cop doing his job. Uh, sometimes they have been downright pleasant to me. Right? Yeah. And when I have conversations with my friends of color about this, it's just not the experience they have. So I think there's two things going on there, right? One is one is the privilege. I'm experiencing the privilege, but it also blinds me because it is sometimes hard for me to believe that people would have a different kind of interaction with police. That's right. When to me, they seem very fair, right? They seem like people are doing their jobs. That's been your experience with that them. That has been my experience. And yeah, even gracious at sometimes it sounds like you're saying, not just That's fair, right. but right. gracious at times. And so 
yeah, were it not for your um, interactions with your friends of color or maybe your own sort of intellectual curiosity and research, then um, what you might be left with is this notion that uh, police 99% of the time are fair and de-escalate situations and remain calm. And, and that would be based on true experiences that you had. Yeah. And um, I think why it's so important for us to talk about and confront privilege is because it really is one of the hardest human things to believe that other people are having different experiences than us, which sounds silly, but we are just constantly taking the world in through our own eyes and experiences. and, And then we, have our stories that we tell about who's good and helpful, who's scary and uh, not helpful. And so this is where we get into so much tension, I think across black and white communities at times, because we are literally having different experiences and getting frustrated. that The other people mm-hmm. can't believe that, you know, and it's probably worth saying here, um, this conversation is not about, cops being racist or or bad people or yeah. or anything like that that's just one instance where privilege comes out when uh when white folks and black folks sp- share their different experiences with each other yeah um i'm trying to think of some other examples maybe you know i think of even kind of historic things because you know things like wealth for me going to college um, my college was paid for by my parents mm-hmm. I realized there are plenty of white folks out there who had to you know work their way through college and you know work 80 hours a week and go to class and stuff like that I, I totally get that but we have to realize that comparing even comparing the uh, experience of people of color to white folks in general, that looks very different. And so, you know, for me, that meant that my parents had to be able to afford that. It also meant generally that their parents afforded that for them. And so there's a real historic element to that because, you know, there were times where work and steady income was much easier for white people to find to give their kids a better life who in turn gave their kids a better life. That's right. And I think we're going to talk about that more in a later episode, but I think that it's important to say also that of course we also know that there are black students who had their parents pay for college for them. But yes, I think sometimes we underplay how the privilege of our ancestors falls down upon us even if we've never thought about them or don't even know their names the Mm -hmm. fact that they were able to get a job and someone else wasn't i mean this is an important thing to talk about too we 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 referenced earlier that you can have privilege in all sorts of areas be it gender or nationality or religious status or a whole bunch of areas but um even being a light-skinned person of color uh i know that um I have privileges that are different than someone with even darker skin and different hair texture than I Mm. have. And so, and some of that has historical connections as well that, you know, even if my family was black, 
um, some of them were able to pass and that meant that they were able to have some resources and opportunities. Mm. So, so, you know, I might be able to, if I weren't being a critical thinker about that, I might be able to say I'm black and my parents both, I stayed married and had jobs and, sure. you know, but, uh, I, I would be discounting some of my own privilege there. Another thing I think, uh, one of the things that we'll have a link to is sort of the, I think what's considered the most basic cheat sheet around white privilege, a woman named Peggy McIntosh came up with it and there's this checklist, it's called a knapsack of privilege oh, yeah. and you can look at it and kind of see to what degree are these things true for me. And one of them that always stands out to me is just around the number of people in power who looked like you. And so like, did I have teachers that looked like me? Did I have, um, government elected officials who looked like me. Um, and, um, some of the things that we've talked about in other episodes, like, am I able to be who I am without it being a representation for a whole race of people? Or mm. if I am the only person, well, one of the items on the checklist is, how frequently am, am I the only person of my race in a room? And for some people, that's hardly never. And for someone mm, like me, it's right. most of the time. Right. It, just by virtue of the circles that I've ended up in in life. And so when I'm that person in the room, is it the expectation that I'll be the voice for a color of people uh, while the other 15 people in a room just get to be the voice for themselves? And so if I say something doesn't bother me uh is is that is that getting interpreted as well the person of color in the room says that this isn't racist and so that burden of representation is something that um a white person might not have and that's a a really sort of obtuse uh form of privilege what else do you want to say about that well i think uh, you know, maybe I'll say this a million times over the course of this podcast, but just that it takes self-honesty uh, to take a look at some of these things and to remember that this is not something to lash ourselves over. We almost everyone has some degrees of privilege based on their socioeconomic status, their gender, their race. And, and in fact, it can be really helpful that maybe you have some areas where you're not in the privileged group and you can think about how that feels or some ways in which you're misunderstood and use it to generalize across another area. It's not the exact same when we're talking about race compared to gender or gender compared to sexual status or, you know, whatever uh, we're comparing, but it gives us a sort of leaping off point to say, to, to build on our empathy and work on what might it feel like if I was being followed in a store or if I didn't have anyone that looked like me in a room or if the stories of my people were not represented um, or were represented in a negative or um, reductionist light. When you and I have these conversations a lot, I think about the responses that I've heard from people to similar conversations. Mm -hmm. So like, I wonder what you would say to someone who says like a white person who says, you know, um, I grew up in a poor family. My parents were divorced. I had some kind of abuse or something like that in my past, really hard past, but 
I, you know, whatever. I worked two jobs through college. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. A lot of times there are people like that who will, you know, adamantly deny that they had any privilege. Yeah. Well, I think I have at least two responses to that. One is that that's why it's really my hope that all of us are considering the levels of privilege we have on multiple levels. And so I think it is important for me as a person of color to say, you know, I might have had these oppressive forces in my life, but also I never had to have a job in order to have food when I was in high school and I never... um had to experience the divorce of a parent. And so, you know, that sort of, um, the second one is more of an individual thing than maybe a, a layer of culture or a systemic thing. But it is important for me, I think, to be humble and considering those things for other people as well. But also, I think that it just goes back to the notion that to say that you our privilege is not to say that you have been without suffering and pain and your own unique experiences in life. It's just to say that in one level of life, there's been some things that I or you haven't had to deal with. And it, you know, maybe you got it bad in every other level. And so, you know, maybe it's not the time or space for everyone to be processing those things. But I, I think it, what we talked about at the very beginning of this episode is the important thing that we're not asking someone who already feels very burdened and hurt to take on another layer of guilt. We're just asking um, for some consideration for everyone around uh, ways in which they have mostly invisibly been given a leg up in any area of life. Yeah. And I think too, and, and, you know, you tell me what you think about this, but to acknowledge privilege your own or just the general privilege that white people have is not to say that you didn't work hard to get where you are. Right. No, I don't. I don't think so. And, and I think part of it is just acknowledging that however hard you had it, it would have been harder had you not have the privilege that you have of being white if you're if you for other for those of us who are yeah at least again at least in that arena you know I mean I think you know I often give an example of my mom and Oprah Winfrey are both black women and one of them has a substantial about amount of more privilege than the other based on her socioeconomic status right and so um, there are ways in which Oprah Winfrey has it much easier than my mother. And also we know that Oprah Winfrey had sexual assault in her past and divorced parents and some things that maybe wouldn't be true for my mom. And so I don't think you even have to say my life definitely on every level would have been worse if I had been a black person, because in fact that could be reductionistic, right? Because maybe there's a lot of joy and fulfillment, other things you would have gotten as a person of color in some other arena, but it's just that in this dimension, that that can be a pretty big one of race. I got some benefits that someone else didn't get. It's so funny that you bring up Oprah because I don't know if you remember this or even heard about when it happened, but like it was, I think several months ago, 
but Oprah was in like Europe or somewhere. Oh yeah, I uh, think it shopping. Hermes. Yeah, I don't know, and and like shopping. In, she got straight black people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, what somebody who was working there was like thinking she was shoplifting or something, or they didn't think they wouldn't hand her the purse that That's she wanted. Right. They didn't That's think she right. had the money for it. That's and you know, right. she wasn't. She didn't have her glam squad that day. Apparently, the and entourage so, was not present. Yeah, right. yeah, right. So that's crazy. You Oprah, can like, be the person who could have bought the most purses in that place, and well, and just the idea that like you is is Oprah worth a billion dollars? I'm literally? pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. You can be worth a billion dollars, and if you are black, not have the privilege that I, Shane Blackshear. <laughs> Could get in that same right yeah exactly. yeah it's crazy that's crazy <laughs> so i mean i just think it's a really really good maybe more blatant example of privilege but uh, yeah i think that is a good one but uh, i had forgotten about that but i mean just think of how confusing that must have been to oprah winfrey and you know yeah yeah well and for the reports i heard about it, it sounded like she handled it very gracefully yeah I don't think I would have if I were her, but yeah, that, that's crazy. I think it's a great, yeah, that's a great example to end on, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you had something else you wanted to say. I think we're good. I think that's it. That's it for this week's episode of On Ramp. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review On Ramp on iTunes to help keep the show front and center. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.